That's just Ray with Come to My Senses on Victory 91.5. So much great music from her. For real. We have so many songs. And I like the fact that, you know, she's with Mission House, her <laughs> and Taylor Lee on her, and then on her own. I mean, she's got just such an anointing on her life to songwrite. You can watch her videos. You can yeah. watch how she is just able to play, like, any instrument. And she puts her songs together just in a really unique, like, eclectic kind of way. Yeah, kind of coffee house kind of a sound. Yeah, folksy. Now we're talking about we're talking about Pentecost, which is we're all almost about ready the, to get the Pentecost. Yes. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say you came on at seven. It's nine o'clock. We are still not just there, now huh? getting to to Pentecost. You used to always make fun of me because whenever we would be punishing her, we'd always sit down and give her those long lectures, and we'd talk about going round the mountain. Oh, and she said, very long get lectures. To the point. So uh, this is my dad, by the way. If you're listening, you're like, who, you're like, what's going on? Yeah. I've had many a times where I had to come to my senses. You had to <laughs> ground me Boy. and take, you took all sorts of things away. You were easy, though. I've had to <laughs> go through the whole thing with my life, too, where you come to your senses and just praying God will get you to your senses. And, you know, that's why this particular teaching, come on and teach the Feast of the Lord. There's seven feasts, and we're at Pentecost. And uh, coming up in 915, we actually begin the Pentecost. Right now, we're looking at it from a perspective of this, this whole coronavirus thing that we've been through for these months. Is this a glimpse of the end times? Or not Not the end times, obviously, but is it a glimpse like World War One and World War Two, where you saw these Antichrists rising up? And it's only important if it's true, because then that means that the stuff that you've been going through is initiated from a different realm, not just from the earth, but are Antichrists involved in what you've been going through? And if so, how are you responding? And are you careful things like fear and things uh, how have you dealt with that so we're up to the third horse the, we're looking at what happens in the end times which will be the four horses of revelation and um so i believe at second passover which was the 8th of may was so the, the same month we're in about uh three weeks ago or so so this is what i i believe happened in this condensed preview of the end times third seal was the black horse when the lamb opened the third seal i heard the living the third living creature say come and i looked and there before me was a black horse its rider was holding a pair of scales in its hand then i heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil and the wine what is that all about well by second passover in early may it was becoming clear that the economies of the world had been nearly destroyed. The entire world faces the worst recession since the Great Depression. <laughs> the IMF described the decline in our GDP, that's a lot of letters, in nations as the worst since the Great Depression. The stock market lost 30%. America, the employment rate went from the lowest ever to 30 million on the rolls. 40% of low-income Americans lost their jobs due to the pandemic. Oil prices crashed, then turned negative for the first time ever. That's un unusual. Countries on lockdown with no travel, industrial production, and sales plummeted. So that's where we've been. By second Passover, you have to ask yourself, is that what this is about, this third seal? So in the end times, how are we going to recognize it? I believe God gives us these glimpses so we can understand without thinking it has to become so horrible and we don't even realize it's happening before it does. Why would such a thing happen on second Passover? If you're not familiar with Second Passover, it's not a hobbit holiday. It's about what's precious, our needs, and supernatural provision. Second Passover isn't a holiday for everyone to observe. It's a do-over 
30 days after Passover for those who missed out on observing Passover on the regular date because they were unclean due to touching a dead body for those on a journey that kept them away from the temple. For most of us, when we deal with death, we do it when a loved one dies. So we're dealing with love, the one thing more precious than anything else. Song of Songs, chapter 8, has a, a verse that is just so powerful. It says, place me, and now I should note, there, we're talking also when these horses go out, Jesus opens a seal, so there's a seal, and then there's these horses. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. It's jealousy and yielding as a grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. So the seal here, this third seal, is the test to see who and what you love the most. You will be left to pursue the harlot of greed or be sealed with the love of Jesus. And the end times is so significant, and I think it is today as well. Jewish tradition sets aside one full week for Shiva or mourning, then another 30 days when you should you can't cut your hair, shave, or wear new clothes, and you also don't attend social events or religious celebrations. And, of course, there are longer seasons of mourning for closer loved ones. But second Passover, back before it was instituted, the date was when the Israel, Israelites were 30 days from Egypt and they started to get hungry. And God provides them meat and bread, which is, of course, like the Passover meal, but this time it's quail and manna. It's also the time when Jesus fed the 5,000 with a little fish and bread. Now, you have that part in this prophetic word in Revelation, do not damage the oil and the wine. Now, I believe in this whole journey we've been through in these last three months, it's about guarding your anointing. What is this oil and wine anyways? Well, holy oil, obviously, and wine, you can dilute them. At a time of economic chaos, the temptation for someone would be to damage or dilute the wine or oil to create more wine or oil, you know, in our world of... Uh, when you don't have much money and you have that little soap uh, on your sink and you're plunging it down, some people will try to make it go a little extra. They'll put a little water in there. They'll, dilute it. Yeah, and dilute it, right? And then yeah. you squirt yourself and it shoots water everywhere instead of soap. Well, <laughs> same thing happened with wine and oil. But the problem is when you dilute things, it makes them worthless. Mm. Impurities in the temple for either wine or oil. Uh, it's impure and it's worthless to sell and it would taste bad. It's worth less literally. One way you dilute oil is you mix last year's olive oil with a new fresh oil. See, there's nothing comparable to spending time with God. This is what it means. Otherwise, the prophetic voice is silent within us. So we're tested when we have less, always. Wheat, barley, wine, and oil are the same materials that Solomon traded with the king of Tyre when he was working to acquire materials to build God's house. See, we're now his house, and we supply, so the work can be done there. Hard times tests our giving within the church. There are harvesting festivals, so all of these are, but especially Passover and especially Pentecost. So grain, oil, and wine are part of offering the first fruits to God. So first there's Passover, then first fruits or resurrection day. You count the Omer and then the new barley can be eaten as you journey to second Passover and then Pentecost when the wine, when the um, wheat is ready. So Leviticus says, 
describes it like this. On the day you wave the sheaf, you got to sacrifice a burnt offering, a lamb a year old without defect. It's grain offering, two-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with olive oil. So all of this is part of their, probably just think of them uh, killing animals, but there's a lot more to it. So you've got flour, you've got olive oil, and a hint of wine. All of this is a drink offering. So until you do all this, you can't eat any bread or make bread from that new barley or wheat crop until the very day you bring this offering to your God. So here's the thing. Anointing is powerful. Here's what Psalm 104 says. He makes grass grow for the cattle, plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their heart. See, anointing is powerful. Anointing also exalts. Psalm 45 says, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. So can I just ask you that really hard question? In the midst of all of this, have you had joy? See, the church is God's anointed. By early May, churches were demanding to be able to be open again. Why? Well, they were still being called non-essential. Some are still are in some states. But that was beginning to change by then. The seal and the third horseman bring famine and the opportunity for the church to live out their anointing. Churches and Christians rising up to do the work of ministry without fear. How do we handle that which is precious? When you've waited 50 days, which is uh, from the resurrection day to Pentecost, and the blessing finally comes, in this case, the wheat harvest, it should make you want to share, right? How do, so this is probably one of the more convicting things, but how do we handle what is holy in times of economic chaos? The harvest of barley already happened at Passover and only 30 days passed, so it's not scarcity, but the fear of scarcity causing hoarding was part of what that verse was talking about. When we hoard, we hurt others, especially those who can't afford to stock up. So do we also withhold the word because we're afraid? And I'm talking corona and masks and quarantines. Is what is the Antichrist having an impact on what the church is doing? We talked about the seals too. Whenever Jesus uh, opens the seals, the horse gets released, but so does the seal. Here is, uh, in this one, it's interesting from 2 Corinthians, the Holy Spirit is the seal. Now it is God who makes both of us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. God has something very profound and amazing, but we have to step into it. That's the third horse. We are literally ready in the next break for Pentecost. Okay. <laughs> right before I leave for the day. Um, coming up, we're going to hear from Selah and Love and the Outcome. But first, we're going to hear from Bob Bailey's. Bob Bailey's Appliances. Have-